Welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. This is your host, Scott Wilson. Darren Prettley, welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. So good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Mate, awesome. I uh, I was told to have you on by <laughs> by by Brent Salwin, who's been on uh, on the podcast, been a client of mine for, I don't know, maybe maybe 15 years. Great guy. He said, look, Scott, there's one guy you've got to have in your podcast, and this is you. It's so good to be here, and yeah. thanks, Brent, for the uh, recommendation. But the coolest thing is we actually caught up, and uh, we had a lot of common. Yeah. Uh, firstly, Landon's Road Academy. Yes. Look at the home of where all success comes from. <laughs> so for those that don't know, that's uh, Papanui High, uh, Landon's Road Academy. Probably got a bit of a, I don't know, a rough steer back in the day, but had some pretty cool uh, students go there as well. Yeah, totally. I know I know a lot of my mates have turned out pretty well and made success of themselves. And, and look at yourself, you know. So you did three years at, at, at Landon's Road Academy? I did. Yeah, and then on to Burnside High? And then to Burnside High. Parents shifted, and uh, for the third year, so my fifth form year, yep. I decided that I was going to bike all the way from Burnside side all the way to Papua Nui because wow. I'm going to stay there. Brilliant. And uh, at the end of uh, the third or fifth form and going into sixth, I decided at the last minute that I was going to change to Burnside and had a couple of mates that I played tennis with, so I headed there. Classic. And so uh, I actually interviewed uh, Mr. Richard Smith. Yes. Uh, who was, was PE teacher back then, along with Hank Fickey. Yeah. Could forget Mr. Fickey. Absolutely. Um, but so it just, it, like the caliber of people that were around, so, that, so that's awesome. So from, I guess today I wanted to talk about, because, you know, you've done a lot of things. Um, you've gone in from the finance world and sales uh, to now becoming, I guess, a business strategist and tactical, but also an international speaker. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. We've got some great things we can, I guess, share uh, with business owners because my audience really is business owners. They're out there doing the whacking and the cracking on the daily. Uh, I love to give them some strategy advice, but also a lot of practical and tactical things. And I know you're definitely like that. So let's just go back for a second. So, you know, you left school, went to university. How did you get in, into the finance world? What was your... So actually, when I finished university, I did a finance degree. So mum and dad said to me, Darren, because I was big into tennis, loved my tennis, played a lot of tennis as a youngster, and then ended up being a coach. So uh enjoyed that coaching experience. And it started to teach me because I probably wasn't the world's most talented tennis player, yep. but I played a lot. Yep. And I actually started to learn it as a as a real learning the the biomechanics and the the physical side of playing great tennis. Was, and, it, a, was it a game you had to work hard at? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. some people are natural, right? Yeah. You know, and they get that they're talented. But yeah. you know, you, some people you, you just have to work hard. And I was definitely like that in sport, you know, like some yeah. people are just gifted. But yeah. I think you get more rewards from working hard, right? I think. I actually learned more probably in my later tennis that I, the harder I worked, probably the better I got. And yes. and that was a key learning for me. So that, you know, as I started to actually take myself out and do some training and um, I ended up doing my New Zealand professional tennis coaches oh, wow. certificate at, I think I was 18 or 19. And that for, I think it was 19, but that for a, for a young person to go into coaching and take it that seriously. Yeah. But I had some really great people around me that encouraged me and, and it got me a chance to, you know, I was starting to do some coaching work for New, uh, Canterbury Tennis and then New Zealand Tennis and cool. had, had a really great experience. So mum and dad said to me, look, yes, we know you're passionate about your tennis, but maybe you should, you know, have a, a fullback position because in yeah, those yeah. days, fullback positions were always talked about. Yeah, they were, weren't they? And uh, <laughs> so I went off to Lincoln University and did um, valuation and, and property. So that was and, and now I look back and go, that was just fantastic for me to have that um, opportunity to yeah. get get those learnings in a university environment. And and then when I'd finished that, I was lucky enough to get a tennis coaching job in Washington, D.C. How good. 
So I spent uh, about six months over there Great. working in a tennis academy and yep. a country club. And oh. um, yeah, it was fantastic. Good it was times. amazing learning. And and that's when um, in my real estate experience, I got this opportunity to meet this guy called Mike Pirro. Oh, wow. Yes. I don't know if you've met him. Yeah, I've met Mike a few times. There you go. I've done some work for Mike. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, um, so got a chance to meet him. And then while I was tennis coaching, there was a phone call at the office and Mike said, hey, look, we've got a job back here in New Zealand if you're interested. So cool. when I came back to New Zealand, I, I started uh, my mortgage broking career. And yeah. Was it was that really what something what you wanted to do? Or were you kind of like, did you, the tennis kind of got out of you? Or yeah. did you still have that? I was I was working in, in an environment where, um, so I had some top kids here in New Zealand. Yep. So one of my kids was probably the one or two in New Zealand that I was working cool. with. Um, when I saw what international tennis looked like, yep. and I also looked at what the New Zealand tennis yes. structure was yes. like, yes. it actually got me thinking that either I was going to get on a plane and live my life overseas, overseas yep. or actually spend my time doing, you know, going on a different journey and, and decided that that was where I would go. And, yep. and uh, to have, you know, and as I say, getting into business and to, to have Mike, as I would have said, as a mentor for me in my yep. early days was... Yep. Was he just on the start of, of yes. what he was creating? I think or? I was number seven. I think yeah, but, um, in his yeah. in his mortgage broking business. business. Oh. And for me to be able to learn from him and to be able to get, I think the best part for me was he really challenged and set a pretty high bar. And yep. that was uh, for me coming into business to be able to learn um, a lot about business and what made you successful and what are the things that you needed to do. I think for me was was really important because he he had a really interesting product as far as like it was really a lot of the times people used to go to the bank right and then it was hey we'll do your stuff yep. for free yep and people were like whoa this is amazing because you yep. know like there was a, obviously you know back in the day there's a lot of fear around going to a bank too right it totally. was like you know the bank managers were seen as the you know the people you bowed down to they were the ones that held all the keys to the to, to the vault right so so he came in and said hey we're going to change the flip the model yeah um, and and like everyone like got into that right because they they could see they were getting better service. Yep, hundred percent. And also, this is the part for me is that you had somebody that was actually vested in helping the customer get the result they yes. wanted. Yes. Whereas sometimes at a banking environment, it's whether we'll say yes or we'll say no. Yep. Whereas in a broking environment, it was okay. So which lender will say yes because of what reason? Yeah, yeah, true. And and like if you didn't have that person. Like you're oh. left out in the cold, right? Well, so many times people would say, "Look, I've been to my bank. They've said no, I can't do it." Yeah, and they left it at that. That was it. Yeah, yeah. And and so those that were able to come into an environment where we'd go, "Hey, look, let's create a plan for you. You might have enough deposit, or you might have a blip on your credit check, or yeah. you, you might not be quite ready yet. So let's put a plan in place so that we get you to so, being able to do that." So part of your university then did that help you do what you need to do? Like, yeah, yeah. Because that because that gave me a real. I mean. I had a, I enjoyed property and and you know the the becoming a, what I was yep. going to do is become a registered value of that. Okay. Yep. Um, having a de- in depth knowledge of property and then putting that with the finance side yes. was just a perfect match for yep. me and and it was like I could come straight in and and I still have a chuckle today. You know mm. I was twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. Um, giving people in there. 40s and 50s advice on how to manage their mortgage. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was like, or well, how to get the mortgage firstly, but then was, how to manage what it. What was your number one tip? My number one tip was actually to get some structure about paying your debt back because yes. most people get a mortgage and then have no paying it back. Yeah, yeah they just, they got it, they, 
what sold into the thirty year mortgage or the twenty five year mortgage, and just let it take over take without over. actively man- managing yeah. it. So to yeah. be able to get some understanding about you know the time value of money and understanding how to position uh, to position your debt so that it benefits you in your life, not as a as a as a problem. Yeah. Uh, was a so really good learning. Let's let's ask this question then. Why why did he call you? Why why you, Darren? Why why did Mike Perro pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Sonny, got a job back here for you"? <laughs> what did he say? Um, I I I I was I I've always been you know pretty energetic, and I'm always someone that's really interested in people. Yep. And I think even when I first saw Mike, I I actually. You know, as a as a bit of an, a mentor or someone that I could see, that's what I wanted to emulate. Yeah. And and for me coming in, it was, um, I think I was someone that he saw that I could add to the business in yeah. some ways. And and um, I truly, you know, that I look back now on my life and go, that was a really great yeah. learning period of my my life to set me some core rules or some parameters around yeah. where I wanted to go and what yeah. I wanted to do. So nice. that was pretty cool. Was it a period where you were, because I say this to a lot of people as well, was it a period where you were learning more than you were earning? Were you a period there where you learned a lot and oh, yeah. then all of a yeah. sudden you start to earn yes. after that? Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, um, I still feel like, you know, for, for my age and for what I was achieving, I think yep. I was paid pretty well. Yeah. Um, but it was a really great opportunity to be in a business that was going through massive growth. Yeah. I got pushed to do a lot of stuff in that business, whether it was managing an office or helping other franchisees in different regions nice. around New Zealand. So I was, I was given lots of cool opportunity. And, you know, I still look back now and go, that sort of put me on. I think an escalator yeah. to, to learn so much at such a young age, which yeah. I was very fortunate. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, okay, number employee number seven. Uh, what happens? Like, where does this where does this evolve to? So it evolved to um, after a period of time, I uh, ended up um, opening up our own on my own mortgage broking business. So oh. I had some colleagues that we worked together and opened our own and and developed uh, a mortgage broking business that we then franchised and had cool. some offices around New so Zealand. So you went head to head. Yeah, a little bit, but again, it was very different. I mean, Mike's growth and positioning yep. in the market was was amazing. So, yep. I mean, for us, it was just, and I guess I felt like probably for me, I had grown as much as I could in that environment, and and maybe you know, you know, Mike's journey was Mike's journey, yeah. and and that was different to mine. And and I, you know, as like I still say today, I was very lucky and fortunate to have the time that I did yeah. with him. But it meant that I, my my journey went in a different direction, and you know, it was it was um I was, I was very lucky. What did you that. call that business? What was the- uh, it? Was Canterbury Home Loans? Canterbury Home Loans. I remember Canterbury Home yep. Loans. Yeah. So we had that, and then we opened up. Um, a range of other offices around New Zealand. So awesome. we had Manawatu and Hawke's Bay and Auckland. Then we went to Auckland. So, so what did you start to learn as, as the person, you know, that, that that set the business up? Was it starting to learn a whole new set oh, of skills? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you got your start, self starting to be able to go, actually a lot of this stuff ends at my door, you yeah. know, whereas it, uh, sometimes you could say, well, hey, someone else is going to make a decision yes. on this. But all of a sudden it, you became the leader of your business and yeah. your team and, and I was lucky to have some good colleagues that were working with me. So yeah. that kind of made it a little bit easier, I think. Yeah. But probably the ability for me to be able to go, um, I've got to grow and I've got to become yeah. more confident about yeah. running a business, which is... Was it, a, was it a time when you started to think, hey, I better work harder on myself? You know, because as a business owner, I think your business grows when you really work hard on yourself. Is that something that you started to look at as well? I would say... Uh, I was very much a sales-driven person. Okay. So what was the number on the board? Yep. So if the number wasn't the right number, then 
I had a drive to make that number yep. the right number. Nice. So that led me probably to doing what I did. So I wouldn't have said that I would have consciously at that stage worked on myself. Yep. Um, but I would definitely have driven myself to be chasing the number the that number. I wanted. Yeah. And those numbers, like, were they? Were you just trying to game yourself all the time? Were you just pushing yourself? Is, did you have a team around you? What was the deal there? Uh, so the big part was setting. I, I, I see, I, and I look at this from my tennis days, and then I wanted to be the best that I could be, yeah. and, and doing what I do. But you know, I. Again, sort of probably in, in some stages, distractions came into my life at, yep. at certain times where maybe you got distracted from setting those or, or gaining those um, those results that probably if you had a knuckle down a bit more, yeah. you could have. Yeah. But then probably later in life, that having learned that lesson, it yeah, makes yeah. it easier later on. It helps you out. So you're creating your own business. And, and so how do you how did you go like managing and looking at franchise what was the like was that was that a goal at the start when you started Canary Home Loans not right? really not really yeah. um but again it was a case of once it got to a certain size the only way to grow because you couldn't really grow outside of Christchurch yeah. so it was like well let's let's start looking at other regions and yep. start doing that and that was a really good learning curve again mm. for me I'm, I'm not saying that financially it was the be all and end all but it was a great way to start looking at you know being from the outside looking into other people's businesses because yes. they're a franchise of yeah. yours but looking into the way they run it how to select your franchisees yeah. how to how to work with and train your yeah, team yeah. um work with suppliers around a bigger group it was yeah. it was you know the learnings um, what, out of all that was huge. Well, what were some of the things that you learned about picking franchisees? Because we have a lot of clients who who are running own franchises. You know, yes, yeah. it's, it's interesting. You have to get the right personality type. Yeah. yeah. Like if so, uh, for a mortgage business, yes. What was that? What type of? Business? So you want someone who's a quite is a detailed person. Yep. But is also what I'd call a norm follower, so that they'll yep. follow the system. Yep. Rather than you get someone who, and we use disc quite a lot in our businesses where yep. we use disc profiling. But someone okay. who's a D who wants to lead, who wants to take charge, who wants to be the one in control. Yep. If you put them in as a franchisee, yeah, you just make a whole lot of problems for yourself yes. because they yep. they actually want to own their own business. They will yep. end up competing against you. Yes. And nine times out of ten, you know, that conflict actually means that neither party wins. Yes. Yeah. So picking the right people is key. And yeah. this profile is great to do that, right? There's, well, there's a, quite a few of those kind yeah. of programs out now. But, it was but, but there's lots of different profiling mm. tools. But the idea is to understand the profile of the person that you're bringing in mm. so that you get a really clear idea that they fit what you're wanting them to do. Yeah. Because yeah. if you want someone who is going to come in and challenge your system all the yes. time and keep changing it and yes. causing you aggravation yeah. and, and, and racking up your other franchisees, yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day, you're in a situation where you go, yes, they might be good on one side of the coin, but in terms of building everybody's success, Yes. Um, they bring the team down. Yeah. And, and I I must admit, looking back, I've you know, I had some people that I go, <laughs> I just wish I hadn't have because, yeah. you know, the ego, their positioning in the world, you know, and, and you look back now and you go, actually they haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. And and it's and it's a shame. Yeah. Did did you have to have those tough conversations with them? How how did that Yeah, I, I, I sort of started to get to the point where a lot of the times you actually realise the amount of effort time and drama that it causes sometimes yeah. you just better to go <laughs> i'm moving on yeah, yeah yeah you know why would you want to play in that because it's just so it's so and and then you, that's the bit for me in hindsight you look back now at it and you go yeah. it was the right thing to do did you see like the with with you know obviously right now we've got high interest rates well back then what were the interest rates high like? yeah they were yeah high, they? even high. way high, yeah. higher than they are now i saw one the other day and i think my mum showed me some stuff when she bought uh her house mum and dad split up uh it was at 18.7 yes. percent yep you know that's 
eye-watering stuff, right? It might have gone even higher at one yep. stage. So just be careful of those people that tell you that story because yeah. that's only half of the story because yeah, yeah. the other half of the story was what was inflation doing to the value of homes at True. that time. So yes, we were yes. having extremely high interest rates, yes. but their mortgage debt was actually relatively low. Right. But the value of the home mm. sometimes went from 17000 to 34000 yeah, yeah. in the space of one year. Wow. So that's the piece where, my mum done it. <laughs> and that's the piece just to be conscious of because yeah. the inflationary pressures on on house yeah. values during a mm. lot of that time yeah. was where yes, a lot of people had to pay high interest rates. Yeah. But what they don't say is what happened to the yeah. value of the asset. Yeah. yeah. So what did you like what did you learn during those times as far as managing? Because like a lot of that mortgage kind of stuff and money, it's interesting with money. I really find money an interesting topic because of the pressures it puts on people. We're, we're, we're naturally not, and we've had discussions in the office here. Uh, I've given everyone in the book, The Barefoot Investor. Yes. Uh, well, the reason I love that book is it gives you structure of where to put your money and stuff like that. And, yep. I, and I think if you can use money correctly and, and, and have it work for you, you can get a lot. You know, a lot less stressful in, in your life. Yeah. How, how did you deal with that? Because that's a big thing when you're dealing with mortgages, right? Yeah. Um, did you did you learn any special things there? To the like best help people. Yeah. The best thing that I learned was that actually it doesn't really matter what the interest rate is. Yep. Because the environment will actually manage itself to that level, right? Yep. So so if interest rates are high people can still only afford to borrow a certain amount based on yep. that higher interest rate. Yep. So the bank's never going to lend you an amount of money that they don't think you can afford to yes. repay back. Yes. So then it just becomes about how you can set up your household budget to yep. afford that, yep. right? So if the interest rates are at 18 or 15 or 12, yep. or when I was mortgage broking like 10, 7, 8, 9, 10, yep. was good normal interest rates, yep. which is still way more expensive than they are yep. today. Yep. So, so over those periods of times, yes, you might had fluctuations and people would go, well, I can't borrow as much as I could before. Mm. But at the end of the day, that was sometimes reflected in the house prices as well. Yes. Yeah, true. So that would affect the marketplace. Yeah, that yeah, would yeah. affect how you know what house prices were fetching. And again, the system sort of um, brings an equilibrium to that. So yeah. it takes the market out of it yeah. to some degree, right? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and like obviously, you know, I just think it's it's such a mindset thing for people too, yeah. right? And and it's it's one that um like you know definitely New Zealand's like top of mind all the time, you know, it, it doesn't take it's much a hot to, topic. It's a hot topic, right? Yeah. yeah. So so how long were you in, like? Because you ended up going, you were like the top. I um, mean, the president or the chairman of the the association yeah. in the end as well yeah, for, yeah. for New Zealand. So what happened was I um. As I got, you know, as our group grew and I got to to go to conferences and started to understand more from an industry perspective, and mm. probably that was a big uh, a change again for me is going from, you know, managing me as an individual to managing yeah. a team, then all of a sudden running a business. Yes. And now I started to think about it as running an industry or looking at it from an industry perspective. Wow. And I really realized a, a key piece for me was the reason why I like getting involved in the industry piece is because I realize that if you grow the pie, yep. everyone's slice gets bigger. bigger. Nice. If you fight for the pie, yeah. then actually everybody gets crumbs. Yeah. Yeah, true. So, so you were like looking at the industry as a whole and going, how do we grow this? Yep. What, and what were some of the levers that you found that you could grow? Like, were you grow, growing the people? Was that the big part of it? Or what, what was it? Legislation? Yep. Where were you? Where were you? Yeah. So the, so the big piece was, so I got lucky enough to be uh, on, elected onto the board of the uh, New Zealand Mortgage Brokers Association and then was given the vice chairperson's role and then um, 
right at that time, the government decided to regulate the financial services industry. Oh, wow. So very quickly, I yeah. came from understanding uh, myself, understanding my business, understanding maybe the industry better, and then all of a sudden had a regulator now yeah. overlooking the industry and saying, Listen. we want to make some changes to the industry, and mm. we're willing to engage with the industry to see how we're going to do that, but we're very committed about making these changes. So. Mm. Um, after a, a year, <laughs> I ended up being the chairperson of the association and, oh, and wow. um, uh, ended up working, having to work with government and, and understand what the, because the government or the regulator is there for the purpose of protecting the consumer. Yeah. And I still remember this day I was sitting, it was in a meeting with the regulators and we were all there. They were on one side of the table, we were on the other side. Yep. And they, one of the persons said, Darren, I just want to make it clear, it is not our job to make your industry profitable. <laughs> it is our job to look after the consumer. Yeah. And that was a really good, a really good point for me to, to take that on about yeah. actually we have to look internally about our industry association and, mm. and what our industry does and start to get uh, get us thinking about what will the consumer need us or what do they want us to be. Yeah. And maybe we should be listening to that rather yeah. than what we've done previously. Yeah, and that's, I guess, because you have to play, you like, inside that environment, you have to play that game, right? And and, and to be fair, it's, it's a good thing that they said that, right? Because, oh, because you know, know, it's better for everyone. Well, it's, it's burned into my head. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I remember sitting there listening to that and, I, yeah. and it really shook me to the point that going, actually, Darren, we need to start thinking about this from the consumer perspective mm. and what does the consumer want out of financial yeah. services? And I'll give you a quick example of that, which is you think about if you go back 20 years ago or 30 years ago and someone said, hey, I was thinking about taking out insurance. Yeah. You would have had seven insurance advice or seven insurance salespeople at your, yeah. draw, at your door trying to make you buy right. their insurance policy. Yes. Whereas what we've now moved to is a, a, an advice-based model, which is much more about the ability to go, actually, what do you need? Yes. And if I look after you for life, yeah. that insurance need will change over time. Yeah. And it is my job as your trusted advisor to yeah. be able to give you that advice yeah. along the way. And that comes down to, to actually asking better questions, understanding the person versus just trying to sell the product, right? And in fact, going one step before that is to actually realize that you're there to provide advice. And one of the key rules that they put in place around the legislation mm. was that we that the advisor had to act in the best interests of the customer. Yep. Now, where did that ever get lost? Mm. Yeah, like, <laughs> how come is that a certain rule, right? Like, it's like, yeah. So so that tells me it may be a bit of a wild west was, was out there. Like well, it was very much a sales-based industry, yeah. right? We need to yeah. sell product. We want yeah. to sell. And yeah. actually, when, when this whole change happened, it was very much more now about how can we lift the environment to be giving more trusted advice. Yes. And it might not be about the sale or it might not be about the sale today or it yes. might be about giving better information for the making better decisions. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting, eh? Like it's because because there would have been plenty of people out there that were just willing to hit those numbers. Right? Well, that's what it. That, let's yeah. be. That's pretty yeah. much. If you looked, especially the insurance space, was yeah. all about can yeah. we sell more product? You yeah. Know? So so, how many headaches did you get when you were the chairman of that? Like, was it just like were you banging your head against the brick wall sometimes, or? So so I looked at it. Um, I, as part of that role, I ended up being on the disputes discipline body for the industry as well. Oh. So I ended up sitting on the, um. Uh, as a board member looking at the complaints that were coming from the consumer and started oh, wow. to see that as well. So it was, a again, the, the speed of learning and the opportunity to see yeah, an yeah. industry change. Um, probably the biggest thing for me was 
I look at the industry and I would have said that there were three categories of advisor. Yeah. I had a whole group that was still stuck in what I'd call sell mode. Yeah. And they and as soon as the regulator put some requirements about better education, documenting your process, being yeah. very clear about to yeah. the customer that you're working in their best interest, a yeah. lot of those advisors decided that this industry change was too much for them. Yeah. So they dropped out. Yeah. My middle group are the ones that were like, yeah, I can understand why we need to change this, but I'm in no hurry to do it. Yes. And then yes. I had a group that were understand why, understand what the importance of this is, yep. and actually I'm going to be front-footing it. Nice. So that was a really interesting piece just to see the different groups within an industry yeah. and how they responded to it. What, what were the common things that people were complaining about? Like just um, most of the time it was the, the advice. The advice. So yep. did you give me advice based on yep. my best interests yep. or were you trying to sell? Yes. Um, another one that was common was um, non-disclosure, so non-disclosing okay. information that probably should have been. Like and where they made their money? No, 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 more about just for the customer's position, like yep. in terms of, hey, well, if you give me that piece of advice, but if you actually had to ask me some better questions, questions. you would have changed that advice because of the information yep. that you didn't know. So oh, wow. just it was all about really just getting a better handle yeah, yeah. on um, on how to provide a more complete service to your customer. So, and when you look at that industry, when you when you first got in there to when you left that industry, what are you, what are you most proud of? Like, what do you see as your role in in that? Like, it was it was probably the single like the hours that was involved. Like some days I'd be you know on a plane at six thirty in the morning and not getting home till you know eight nine ten o'clock at night, and then wow. be back out the next morning. Like and doing that week on week on yeah. week. So yeah. it was a big amount of work. But actually, what I'm really proud of is that we actually shifted, you know, the, the initial stages of an unregulated industry yes. to become regulated, wow. and um, and to see the support and. You know, I got recognised as you know getting a special award by the Mortgage Brokers Association, which most people get when they you know retired. Yeah, yeah. I got lucky enough to be given it, um, it for the work that we'd done. But you know, we had a great team, and you know, it was it was a really great culture to, that realised that as an industry and an industry association, we had to make these changes. Yeah. And uh, it was that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah, because you obviously you're forced at one part, but at the same time, you you can make of it what you're going to make of it, and you guys like turned it into a winner. That's well, well, cool, right? well, when you saw you actually the benefits of doing it, you yeah. actually realised that you positioned yourself completely different to the biggest competition of an advisor, which yeah. is the bank. Yeah, and yeah, to yeah. be able to show a point of difference. Yeah, that's very cool. And for me, it was um, it was a huge opportunity. So, so why did then did you get out of that industry? You just did you get burnt out? Were yeah, you just like I felt because you can't run like. From 6 a.m. to 10, like. <laughs> and I, I mean, when you think about it, I had my own mortgage broking business. I was working for a dealer group. I was the chairman of the association. I was on the disputes discipline, and and it was just, yeah, yeah. it was a lot. Yeah. And to manage that, were you with, doing it all by yourself? Like, were you? Yeah. Did you have assistance or anything like that? No. So I had had some had some PAs and yeah. different in the different businesses, but pretty much, and and again. Um, you know, I had a young family at the time and, and all of that sort of stuff that was really challenging. So, um, yeah, it was it was a very, um, I learned a lot. I learned yeah. a lot about life and I learned yeah. a lot about the challenge that goes with it. Yeah. And, um, and for me, once I got to the end of that period of time and we actually ended up merging the Mortgage Broking Association with the um, Insurance Association. Okay. And uh, that was my time that I'd done my job and, yeah. and the person that was the head of the Insurance Association carried on and uh, and I finished. Yeah. So, so, was, so you have a bit of a rest for a bit? Like yeah, yeah. I, I um, did some work. 
um, for, and this is what really got me started doing what I do now. Yeah, yeah. So I stepped out of um, the the what I'd sort of call the corporate financial advisory yep. space and started doing some work for some individual businesses and doing some work for um, LJ Hooker Real okay. Estate yep. and doing some work for them and then got the opportunity at that point to um, do some training and then started to realise that actually I got to speak at a conference and there was, I don't know, about 500 people at the conference yep. and they asked me to go and speak at it, which I did. And it was one of those moments where you just go, you know what, I know I could do this. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, crack. Yeah. So decided that, so I went back to the office and I, I wound up and, and said that I'm finishing uh, nice. my job and uh, I uh, decided that I was going to go on a new journey to do so, what I do now. So at that stage, were you, because you, you were obviously sales. Yes. You, you, you'd seen yourself as a salesperson, right? And then you've moved to that trusted advisor, but then then you moved to the trainer or were you taking the trusted advisor with the training? What, how was you? And that's probably the piece that I did is, yeah. is that trusted advice piece. Yeah. As I started to realise so, so many people say to me, oh, you're a trainer. Well, yeah, I am, but actually probably the biggest part for me is I want to make a change in people's businesses. Yep. So I have a passion about helping improving and developing their business. Now, if I can't see that there's a change that we can make that's going to make a real benefit yep. to the business, why would I be there? Yeah, true. And uh, so for me, it was a case of using, you know, in all, all the roles, all the years of experience that I've had, Yep, I... Because of most situations now, whatever I go into, yep. I go to myself, I've been here before. Been here before. Yeah. I know I know yeah. what happens yeah. here, or I know what yeah. this could be. These yeah. are the key areas that we need to focus on yeah. and, and that helps. Yeah, true. I get I do the same in marketing. You just kind of know yeah. like it's just like mm, yeah. I know what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. They've gone to the tactics, then talk to the strategy. They That's it. They're not testing this, they're not doing that. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and the more um, whether it's people, whether it's the system, whether it's the product, yeah. whether yeah. it's the, the marketing, whether it's the way we're communicating, yeah. whether it's the way we're being a leader. So sometimes I'll go into businesses and go, well, the reason why your business isn't performing that well is because you're being terrible as a leader. Yeah, yeah. Why would people <laughs> want to follow you yeah, exactly. if you're acting like a dick? Yeah, yeah. How does that go down? Oh, sometimes it can be a little bit confronting, <laughs> but but I always do it from the from the best intentions. Because yeah. at the end of the day, why would you have me yeah. if you don't want to have me go? Actually, these are the areas we need to fix, and if we fix them, you got to be a business. I've worked in like a, so many businesses, you know, just consulting, running them as agency. But yeah. one of the things I learned early on in the corporate space, I, re- I never forget a gentleman. He he was the CEO, and he came around, he shook my hand. It was like a wet fish shaking my hand. And like, I just thought that's weird, right? You know, like he's the leader. And four months later, we're losing a million dollars a day, you know? And you could just tell the leadership at the top was so weak. They didn't hedge. They didn't do a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah, next minute, I was I was in an environment where they were firing 250 people. It was in uh, Wordsworth Road. It was the chicken shed, they called it. Yeah. And the Grim Reaper, this other guy, Owen, got up there <laughs> and, he, and he fired 250 people on the spot. And, and he said, you guys are okay. And we were the uh, commercial side of the business. Um, but they, they hadn't hedged the electricity. And yeah. they, it, was a, it was a million dollars a day. And then this guy, I remember, uh, you know, obviously the commercial side stayed in the business. We were in the gas part. And the CEO, he left and they brought in this other CEO. And he comes in, he's an Aussie bloke. I just remember him. He's on the barbie and he shook a hand. And I was like, boom, whack in the eye. And it was like, whoa, this is leadership. And he was leading the way and yeah. turned that company around to like be hugely profitable uh, and got bought out by one of the biggest companies in New Zealand. Uh, and I just think leadership is so key, right? The the people, if you if you're, you know, if you're rotten at the top, you're in trouble. 
you know? Well, nowadays, I go, actually, a lot of the challenges or the, a lot of the problems we've got in the environment that we currently live in, yeah. I think, is the lack of the leadership, yeah. the lack of the, the direction, setting yeah. the standards, being able to say, this is where we're going and this is why, and yeah. getting people to follow that lead. Yeah. At the moment, we've sort of got this idea that, hey, let's just let everybody make a decision about where they want to go, and let's make it all good about everybody else. Yeah. But actually, the one that suffers is the business, yeah. which actually then creates a problem for every person mm. who's employed by the business. Okay, so let's let's talk about that because it's a really it's a it's a I see this right. So let's talk about that because my listeners could be listening to this and going, "Shit, I'm in that environment." So what do we do? Like, you're a leader of a business, you own a business. Some business owners might not even see themselves in a leadership role right now. And and what do they do? What does someone do to take control of your business? You know, no, number one is you've got to understand you as a leader. Yep. Number one, what does that understand mean? What, who you are, what you do, what your leadership style is, yep. and and what your um, aspirations are for the business. Yep. All right, because um, the first one I, I always get people to look at is number one is understand you as a leader and what yep. what your style is and, and how you work as a leader. Then the second one is understanding your vision of where you want to go. Because yep. unless we've got clarity about where we're going and why yep. we're going there, yep. I don't care where, whether you're a great leader or a poor leader, if that's not clear in your head, yep. we're not yep. going anywhere. Yep. Yeah, because you can't then share it. <laughs> and also, see, this is what I have quite often, is leaders in business who don't communicate that vision very well and don't get their team to follow that direction, they end up spending a lot of time going back in their business trying to get people to come on their journey. Yes. And what we've got to do is the strength of the leader has got to be able to say to the team, we're going in this direction because, yeah. and then be able to get people on board with that. Now, the first time people hear that, second time, or maybe even third time they hear that, that direction or that vision, they still might not connect with it. Yeah. But if they know that the person who is leading the ship has got good, clear vision mm. of where we're going and why we're going there, yeah. it just makes the team feel more confident in doing what they do. Yeah. And and so so I see businesses that that clear of, of yeah, they might be clear as a business owner. You yep. might be clear yourselves. But yep. so how do you how do you get your staff, your team to to buy into that? What do you what do you recommend they do on a on a daily, weekly basis to make sure people buy in? Right. First thing is you got to do is you got to understand your team, and you got to make it a, a perception of their capacity. Yep. So how good are they at doing their job? How good are they at getting the result that you want? Because if you haven't got people on the team that have got the capacity to get you to where you want to yeah, go, yeah. then you need to change your team. Yeah, yeah. And this is the part so often people say to me, Darren, we want to be aspirationally amazing in the marketplace. We yeah. want to be the best we can be. Yeah. And you're carrying a whole lot of people that are actually there just for the paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Well, if we haven't got the right people. Well, I always look to the want it. Do they want it? Totally. Can they do it? Do they have the capacity to do it? Or do they want it? And then I go, well, how good was your vision in the first place? Because yeah. if it's not that good and I yeah. don't want it, yeah. then we probably have to change the yeah. vision. Yeah. Yeah. Your vision has to change. Right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of, I will say this, I notice a lot of business owners that have got suckered into feeling comfortable with the result they're getting at the yep. moment, and they're comfortable with that. Yep. And because of that, they start accepting a whole lot of behaviors or things going on within their environment yeah. that you actually shouldn't be accepting. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they... Uh, don't want the conflict, yeah. struggling to get new people to take their, 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 their place. Uh, don't have really good systems so that they're not really running the business out of systems rather than people's yeah. individual ability. Yeah. So those things there would be yeah. really important. So, so they become quite reliable. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Well, like become you, you become accepting of what's going on. Yeah, because the because yeah. the flip side of it's too hard to imagine. Totally. Right? I, I remember I learned this from my dad actually. Um, having uh, uncomfortable conversations is a key to you know he wasn't in business. Yeah, but he always taught me you know having you know I kind of learned the opposite of what my my dad wasn't a great communicator with my mum. So now I try to be a better communicator with everyone I know. Nice, right? Yeah, cool. Um, but I remember him telling me sometimes you have to have those uncomfortable conversations. And it was actually the point when him and my mum split up, that was a really uncomfortable conversation, but it was a point where he he realised, you know, that was pr- probably one of the things that held him back in life. He wasn't, he didn't have enough uncomfortable conversations. And and I and I would, I'd probably say that was uh, me in my earlier days. Mm. I, I was somebody that... I really wanted to please people and make sure that people were happy with yeah. what was going on. So yeah. I would spend a lot of time making sure everybody else was happy yeah. and sometimes at the, to the detriment, detriment of me. And I can tell you, loads of business owners do that, right? And, and every day I make them. Totally. Yeah. And all of a sudden I started to realise that that was because sometimes I was shying away from probably having conversations that I should have had yeah. earlier. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and now I'm... I'm much more, abil- you know, I, I, I'm probably more comfortable having those uncomfortable conversations because yeah. I've done it more. Yeah. And sometimes when I go into businesses and I'll say to people, well, why aren't we talking about this topic? And it's like, oh, well, we've thought about it, but we've never really done it. You yeah. Know? And I'm like, well, let's just have it. Let's yeah. just have the conversation. And by the time you've finished the conversation, everyone's had their piece. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. Everyone feels better. Everyone feels better. We, we, I learned just working in an agency and dealing with business owners time and time again is like, we need to get out those unspoken expectations mm-hmm. because what happens is, you know, you can say something, you know, and they are hearing something else. And then that person hears something else and that person hears something else. So let's fast forward. Let's get to that. Hey, what 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 happens in ninety days? What happens in six months? What happens in twelve months? What are <laughs> what are the things that you're going to come and tell me that you thought we were doing that we didn't do? You know, let's have, let's have some of those unspoken things. Get them out. But even just having that light. Well, what we're going to look like in thirty days? Mm. Like this is the plan, or ninety days. This is the plan we're going to have, a, and we're going to make sure that we have a plan in place for that. Mm. So that that's what it looks like. Yeah. Well, that that for some business owners is really uncomfortable because Darren, they might not agree with that. I'll go, well, actually, let's let them have a disagreement about it, but let's actually put it on the table. Yeah, and I think that's probably some of the things that have, have, when you talked about before, we've we've got, um, you know, leadership has kind of lost its way a wee bit in in letting everyone do because we don't want to have those conversations. We don't want the, hey, I don't like your idea. You know, and we, we should be having those, I you know. We well, look, be if you don't have them in an environment where you can get everyone yeah. to bring those conversations You've got to have to robust advice. conversations. You've got to have that, right? And that's the piece where I go, um, and, and I guess probably now I look back and I go, you know, um, more recently I'd probably be someone now that would be willing to have those, mm. you know, and actually say what everyone's thinking but not prepared to say. Yeah. And probably do that now, probably even in my personal life now. Yeah. Actually have the conversations, actually yeah. say stuff. And yes, it is uncomfortable, but I tell you what, yeah, so much better. So much better. And and look, I think you probably get that with age a wee bit, you know, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I definitely feel I like think that. you're probably right. You know? um, but, but, but for people watching, like mm. that's the piece, right? It's yeah. just to start thinking to yourself, well, actually, if I was developing a core skill in my life yeah. and what I did, maybe that I could just start on having some some honest and yeah. more clearer conversations. One of, one of the things that, like, I learned, um, 
over the career is to have those good core values. You know, if you've got your vision, got your purpose, but then have those core, good core values that you can then have good conversations with, right? So now, and a lot of people have core values like, oh, we need integrity and we're honest. And I was like, eh, I don't really, I didn't really, that didn't really, because you should be anyway, right? Yeah. I don't have to make a core value to say that I'm honest. I just didn't get that. But then also too in life, that stuff can, that stuff can really change i mm. think it can change because mm. as you grow and you learn and you develop yeah. and you see different situations i think you can start to go actually i you know for me it was like making people happy yeah. well actually it's way easier just to be able to actually say what the real truth is yeah. and actually move on yeah so so i think you know if you can have your vision have your you know your core yeah, but bring some core values where you can have good conversations. Yeah. One of ours is world-class training, world-class outcomes. Love right? it. So, so we will invest money to have world-class training and everyone, there's an expectation that you do training, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so what I find, you know, simply from that, uh, two of my staff members last week, uh, were up at 3am in the morning watching some of the latest AI technology yeah. to do with their roles. Yeah. Nice. Didn't ask them to do it. No. But because because they're, they're aspirational, aspirational about where they want to go, the world class training, world class yeah. outcomes. Um, Scott, we're going to work from home. We're going to do this, 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 and I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, amazing. You know, and I think that that because of those core values, you mm -hmm. get. You know, another one is um, influence through insights. Yeah, nice. So, so everyone's prepared to stand and do videos. Yeah, because they want to share. Yeah, you know. Um, and I think How cool that, that? that's the cool part about having core values, you know, yeah. like other, and keeping them alive. Yeah. You know, we have core value Friday and all that sort of stuff. But Love but it. I think, you know, like that that can really help um, a business, you know, get that momentum. I agree. Because you know, a lot of it gets, you can have your vision, have your direction, but how do you keep that alive? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you recommend there? Oh, well, the biggest part that I go is is going, what are the underlying reasons for doing what we do? Yeah. And that's where your value yeah. piece kicks in, right? Yeah. It's just understanding those underlying core reasons about, hey, we're actually doing this because we're going to help people in this yeah. situation and we're going to take them from where they are to where we want them to be. And yeah. and you apply that to any industry. doesn't matter what the industry yeah. is, you can apply those that sentiment and then you start to build a business that has real market relevance yeah. and yeah. then you're away. Yeah. Yeah, and that comes down to, like, I can tell you right now, our vision is to educate, to influence and inspire growth together. Can't do any of that if my guys aren't doing the work elsewhere, right? 100%. You know? Yep. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So, look, but, but the business owner's stuck, right? Like, he's here, he, he was there sitting there going, hey, this is great. But, okay, so got to spend some time working on my vision, working on my vision, yes. what I want for the business. Get yep. really clear on that. Yeah. Um, look at his team. Look at the capacity. That, yes. Uh, you know, what they've got in the, in, in the area. Um, what are they looking for there? Are they looking for some A players? What are they? Are they looking for people that, oh, because because this is one of the biggest frustrations, and you'll see it. You know, when you go into a business, that they'll be they'll be they'll be just frustrated by their team. Totally, and the team will be frustrated by them. Cool. So where do they go? This is the easiest thing I do, right? Cool. So I go into a business, and I'll go, and the, the owner will go, "Oh, look, we're really challenged by this or that person not doing their job." I go, "Cool." So I'll walk over there, and I'll go to the person. So can you just tell me what your job is? And they don't know. Tell me what you do. Yeah, they don't. Know. No, no, no. They'll tell me what they think it is. They think it is. Yeah. Right. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah true, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and then I and then I say, okay, well, let's just pretend that we are an airline pilot and we run the same po policy. Mm. So look, you can hop on the plane, jump on it, have a crack at taking it off and landing it again, full oh, yeah. of two hundred people on board, true. right? And tell me how successful that is. Yeah. 
because actually one of the key things that we've got to be doing here is building the structures of the systems mm. so that people can be successful. Yeah. And I probably look back at my career and go, you know, the times that we've had better systems and processes, the better the business runs. Yeah. So now I go into businesses and I'll say to them, great, where's the manual? And they'll go, yeah. what? Yeah. I say, well, well, how does Mary know what she yeah. does? And how does this person know what they do? Yeah. And as soon as we get the system in place, then we can start making decisions about is the system great or can we improve it? Yeah, true. That's so good. We we did a lot of work on that in, in the business over the last year or so. And and you think you've got it to a good point, but that we, we're just now taking our, our, our thing for this year is called Kaizen. So continuous improvements. So nice. We're looking at 1% better. Yeah. So we're just about to kick off a, a new program um, around that 1% better. So, okay, we've built this. How do we how do we make it even 1% better in all yep. those areas? And that's quite challenging, right? Like totally. You look at your business and you go, Jesus, there's a lot of, still a lot of work there to do, you know? But that's that's very good structure uh, processes because now now you start then the owner goes well Darren they don't know what they're doing that's not the yeah. and I go well actually whose fault's that yeah, yeah. it's actually the yeah. leader right the leader so so let's yeah. go back to getting that documentation yeah. Yeah. let's get them involved in helping build the documentation and yeah. building the structure yeah. and guess what all of a sudden you've got someone who's engaged who wants to help and wants to because my, my my genuine belief is no one goes to do, goes to work to do a bad job no totally everyone goes to work because they want to feel valued they want to be able to create success regardless of the role or the position one thing i would say there to a business owner that's listening to this too is that like this stuff is the time you have to step out and employ your weakness like like if you're a business owner yeah you're generally a high d or an i yeah. you know like you're you're especially if you're if you're the sales first person you you know that kind of you need to employ your weakness here. And I, I this is what I, I noticed in my business. I was weak at those systems and structures. Yep. I got it, but could not do it, you know? Like just, just it didn't, it doesn't click in your brain, yep. you know, for me. Um, so employ your weakness. So so is this the sort of stuff that you'll help a business owner with? Absolutely. Yeah, no. And, and that's the piece where you're going. As soon as we start to put those structures in place, as soon as we start to get the team yeah. working off the same song sheet, yeah. guess yeah. what happens? Yeah. And it doesn't take very long. And, yeah. and I do this, you know, you think about, you know, um, so solicitors, accounting firms, all of that sort of yeah. stuff. There is an accepted that we would think that you know what to do. Yeah. But actually by bringing the team together and defining out some of the, well, this is how we do. Yeah. And get consistency there. Yeah. Man, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, there's power in everyone going and focusing the same way. One thing I noticed for like looking at, at your stuff online, you talk a lot about accountability. Where does that accountability piece now come into to this? That's a good, that's a real good one because, um, yeah, some, I think that's really gone. Uh, it's been lost out yeah. of the environment at the yeah. moment. And I'm, you know, we've sort of been in a situation, especially with COVID, it was actually uncool to say, what's your result? Yeah. Well, my result is I'm feeling stressed. I'm, yeah. I'm not coping. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah. And we sort of lost the ability to actually go, well, the reason why we employ people in these roles is to achieve yeah. a result. Yeah. And we need to hold some level of accountability to that. But Darren, I want to work from home. I say, well, that's great, but what is the what do we get for that? Yeah, and um, at the moment we're getting really your washings up to date. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Do you know um, Mark? Uh, the the he he's owned one of the biggest Mark Bulgaris Mark. He owned one of the biggest uh, Australian um, mortgage broking companies. Right. Um, he's just come out and said 
I watched him on a, on a podcast. He said um, the reason the Australia is going to get, they want to push Australia into a recession is they actually want to push up um, um, unemployment because people are sick of people namby pamming around and not being accountable for the roles that they're in. And he wants people, they, the, 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 whoever the person is, wants people to actually feel some pain because they've had it too good for too long. And I thought, wow. That, that's some thinking about what's really going on in the world. But see, I think that's probably almost going the other <laughs> side, side of the, yeah. right? But maybe we have to go a little bit down that path. But you see, this is the part that I see with owners at the moment. Some of them are going, man, I'm tolerating some people in my business that I know I probably shouldn't be, Darren, but you know, who would I replace them with? Yeah, yeah. And and like at the moment, that that's, is a, it is a challenge. But uh, I do still say, you know, the ability for us to go out there and actually find good mm. people, yeah. the right people for your business is still very much there. But at the same time, look, you've hired them. Okay. Like, yeah. you've, you've got to look at yourself. Yeah. I think you've got to look at yourself first and go, okay, what can I do yeah. in, in me to, to like get a better outcome here? You know? so, so isn't that accountability on both sides? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Right. And I think if you, as a business owner, maybe you just have to take accountability first and go, you know what? I'm totally. You know? But once um, you put that structure in yeah, you know that word again. That structure. Yeah. Once you've got the structure in place, and you start to work with the person on developing their skill set and getting better at what they're doing, mm. then you should get a, a improved result. Yeah. If you can't, go back to the, yeah. the the number three, which is all about understanding your team and capacity, yeah. and maybe you've got them in a role that actually isn't yeah. suitable. Yeah, it's 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 so like it's a it's a real, I guess um, you know I just say it all the time. Owning a business, running a business is the ultimate personal development game. You know, like you, you, you have you talk about mindset and stuff like that. This is, I guess, there's a good time to talk about mindset, but there is, you know, you have it coming at you from all angles as a business owner too. Don't yeah. you? Like you, you know. Yeah. Um, what do you do when it comes to mindset? What's your What's your some of the things that you do to get yourself up to to keep going and what yeah. you're doing on a, on a daily basis? So I'm the eternal optimist. Yep. Right. No matter what the situation is, no matter how bad it is, there's yep. always a better way. Right. Totally. There's always a way out. Yep. So for me, in terms of mindset, no matter what the situation is, we'll find a better way, and we'll 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 look at the the options that we've got to get us from where we need are uh, now to where yep. we need to be. That's awesome. Um, probably the second one is, and again, this is you know growing up, you learn, you never give up. No. And I and I think um, I actually. I actually, a uh, good story is uh, when I was mortgage broking um, and I had some really nice clients and I sent the application in and it was the loan was declined mm -hmm. and I was did I was actually devastated because yeah, yeah. these were great customers yeah. and it should have been approved but through something that, you know, the customers had on their bank statements um, and I hadn't seen it. So, okay. so the application went away. So I walked into Mike's office and I was a bit upset about it and I was like, Mike, I've made a big balls up here. This is, you know, it's been declined. Yeah. Um, and he just said to me, so if your life depended on it and you need to get this this through, yeah. what would you do now? Nice. And I said, well, I'd rewrite it. I'd use another bank. I'd explain this situation up front. I'd get some proof from the client about this and yeah. make sure we've got that. And he goes, well, there you go. Go, go and get it. it. Yeah, yeah, nice. So I stayed up that night, <laughs> stayed in the office, rewrote the application, got some more proof from the customers, sent it through, and we got it approved. How good. But it taught me, right? Because yeah. I was going in there going, oh, it's declined, yeah. it's terrible, yeah. you know. Whereas he just went, well, yeah, that's a no, but yeah. you're not giving up, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think now I've actually realised, you know, in, in most of the situations, no is not an option. 
No. Like you, you, you need to find other ways or start being more creative about what you're asking or how yeah. you're doing something yeah. so you get a different outcome. Be more resourceful, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. And, and, there, and do you know what? It, it, there's always another yeah. answer. Be, it's a good framing, though, like if your life depended on it, right? So <laughs> you started to go, okay, if my life depends on it. <laughs> what would I do? What would I do, right? And, and, I, and I still now, I still, you know, when I go you into use it on people? No, I don't, <laughs> but I use it on me. Yeah, like yeah, it's no. an internal yeah. piece for me. So yeah. just never give up. Just don't give up. Find a way. Um, you know, a lot of my clients will say to me, you know, Darren, you're the only person that keeps in touch, you know. Yeah. And the reason why is because actually I care and I'm not going to give up. Like at the yeah. end of the day, you might not want to use me at the moment or yeah. it might not be a need, but sometime in the yeah. future there will be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've always I've had a saying, you're either part of the problem or part of the solution. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's all, a good one. I'm always yeah. part of the solution, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you can put me anywhere. Yeah. And if there's a you know, you, you can choose the two sides. You can be part of the problem and you can be in that. Yes. Or you can try and find a solution. And, and when you look, when you frame it like, okay, I'll find a solution, there's always solutions. Well, well, there's a lot of people that I find these days are actually digging into the problem and actually making the problem clearer, bigger, um, uh, more all-consuming mm. when actually, in fact, if we'd gone to the other side of the equation, yeah. which is let's look for the solutions, let's be positive, let's realise that this is a learning experience yeah. and then yeah. we have to go in another direction, all of a sudden the opportunities start yeah. to appear. Yeah. And I also, I also like, I remember this happened after the earthquakes. My dad was getting quite anxious. Was, I don't know why, but um, he was living in a house uh, and he thought, I said to him one day, because he was getting quite anxious about it. I said, what, what's, what's going on here, Dad? He goes, oh, I feel like the roof might cave in. And he was in a relatively single-story brand new house, right? Yeah. Like the chances of the roof coming in, where he was as well, it was pretty limited. But I said, Dad, okay, so worst case scenario, if it does and it landed on you, what would happen? Oh, I could break my leg. Cool. Could you handle that? Could you handle that worst case scenario if yeah. that happened? He was like, Yeah, I could. So, so what are you worrying about? And he looked at me and he was like, Oh, yeah, what am I worrying about? And it was just, but, but it was like that whole period of earthquakes and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, but it was just interesting to frame, you know, a different frame, totally. different outlook. And I think, you know, I guess that's what you, you are definitely bringing to, to, to business conversations. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at, okay. So mindset, you're pretty, you know, like I can tell you're going to find a way. Right, so that, <laughs> so so that's that's, that's yeah. because that is it's a different mindset, right? Yeah. It's just it is just a different mindset. Like yeah. you, it's kind of like this is black, and someone would argue that it's white, right? Yeah. You just see that 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 way. Yeah. So how does that then, like, so you 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 go into situations and you can you can tell a business owner is any and, and their mindsets are different different how, how do you do you do you like run away from that do you like do you like getting in those those kind of environments where you know well i've, I've worked with you know with even exec teams or boards where that there's there's a whole lot of dysfunction right because some people just get all their information from the tv totally and, and like and if you've got your mind made up on a particular direction then that's it's sometimes it's really hard to, yeah. to get them thinking outside of that but what do i I really push really hard on is actually let's reframe this. Let's cool. re-look at this. Let's let's start thinking about it. And sometimes I'll use different industries yep. as examples. So cool. you go, hey, let's have a look at what this industry did over here. Well, let's yeah. have a look at what this one's doing over here. Now you've got your ideas based on what you're seeing within your industry, yeah. but based on the way other industries are behaving, yeah. your industry could be changing for you yeah. without you even being really aware of it. Yeah. 
and and you know one of the that's the, awesome one of the topics i see right now is you know and and you and i've talked about this before is the speed of business change yes you know the speed that we're seeing now yeah. with the new technologies yeah. coming um just just the rapid speed of change yeah if you have an idea that you're going to leave your uh, your feet stuck in the mud for a period of time, mm. you actually can get left behind in your quickly. business real quick these yeah. days. Yeah. Whereas I'd go back 20, 30, 40 years ago, and if you didn't move really fast, if you were a bit of a laggard in terms of where you yeah. were going, then that was okay. Yeah, like yeah. you're still going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. today, yeah. I think you can get spat out the back door yeah. of an industry yeah. really quickly yeah. by not having that approach of you know so at board level or at leadership level if we're not you know reviewing other industries looking how technology is having an impact yeah. seeing how our capacity of our team is moving and learning and developing yeah. their skills um you you end up in having a very yeah. stale business yeah so as a business owner you definitely have to have your eyes up open with technology these days and then look i just did a did a workshop with clients so lunch and learn i said look I'm going to show you some things with AI and show you some things that we're doing. But more importantly, I want you to have a conversation. I want you to start having conversations with your with your people inside your business yeah. because it's coming with like a freight train, right? And, you know, I, I've seen this time and time again with technology, yeah. but this is one's different, right? You know, it's it's it has the, the, oh. the potential to be exponentially bigger than everything before, you know. And I can see it because I can see how good the technology is getting that we're using month on month. Yeah, you know. So I'll give you an example with that. Like I, I say to some business owners, especially those who are running bigger, bigger enterprises, is actually get them to go and sit in a board meeting or sit in a leadership meeting of another business mm. of a similar size, but in another industry. Yeah, well, sign a non-disclosure agreement. Yep, and um, and sit in a room and listen to what these people are challenged with and what decisions they're making and what their decision making process looks like. Yeah, because the ability for you to learn and then take those learnings back into your businesses and your environment. It's just so so important because yeah. most times we get stuck in our industry sector yeah. and we're not taking the learnings that are happening yeah. around us yeah. that we could use to be really pushing our businesses yeah. forward. Yeah. And I think it's it, like I, I, I'm right now about to – I'm pushing myself to, to, to be in that environment. I'm just about to jump on a plane to go to Miami because I want to learn what – other industries in my industry are doing with regards to AI yep. and, and automation. Love it. And, and, and look, I know if you don't do that, you can't stay here. You've got to, and you can go on webinars and all that sort of stuff. That's great. But you need to sometimes go and press the flesh. You need to go and get in those boardrooms, you know, and get outside your comfort zone and go totally. and, and go and learn that, learn but those things. I'll give you an example. Like, like, and this is the thing that I see, and this is like using me in terms of what I do in my services. Like, mm. I'll have some people say to me sometimes, oh, look, Darren, we're really keen to use you, but at the moment we don't haven't got the budget allocated. So what we're going to do, we're going to wait 12 months, and we're going to put you in the budget for the next 12 months. You don't months. have the budget anyway. And, and number one, you haven't got the budget anyway. No. Number two, if I'm half as good as I, I think I'll I can be, I'll, I'll make way more than yeah. that money. Yeah. Now, and then this is the bit where it's that sense of, hey, I'm looking my at my expenses as I have for the last three or four years versus yeah. the income yeah. versus missing the opportunity of making some strategic yeah. change to your yeah. business yeah. that helps you earn more. Yeah. I think that's a mindset too, though, as well. And I know from dealing with my clients, they are all putting their foot down now. Oh, like they hear the word recession like nine months, ten months ago, and they're starting to. They've already pushed the button ages ago, right? Well, who's being successful? Yeah. You look at every yeah. industry at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Who are the ones being successful? Yeah. Yeah. It's the ones that are investing, yeah, and in their people, yeah. and learning to create better systems and yeah. processes. Because yeah. if you do that, yeah, 
yeah and and it's look it's not it's funny I did a podcast that's been released this week on on the recession and actually data you know most recessions are only 11 months and it was really interesting to learn about the GFC the GFC was announced in December uh 2008 yeah it actually started in December 2007 yeah and technically it was over by June 2009 that's right so by the time it got announced the time it was over was six months right yeah but but if you're smart and most people that that know and understand business, they're preparing themselves for for when this gets announced. But they're already smashing it here. But you but, but you see also too, it's understanding that if you keep the thinking that you develop during that recessionary yeah. period and yeah. hold on to that, yeah. you miss the oh, upswing of the you, opportunity. You miss the massive bounce. Totally. The bounce is in in like is, you know that's where a lot of companies make cream it because they go into the bounce. With the right mindset, yeah, it's an interesting. It's definitely an interesting time. So, when you what, what about marketing for you? When you look at marketing, what, what's what's your what's your take on that? So, so I've realised now probably the value of the brand. Yeah. Um, so I say this, and, and I do quite a bit of work in real estate, right? So yep. I do work, work with individual real estate agents, and I go, um, if you're not prepared to invest in your own brand, yes. why would the customer invest in your product? Yeah, nice. Right. So the ability for you to go, well, you need to invest in your brand because. If you're confident about your business, that brand investment will last for the length of time you're yeah. in the industry. Yeah, it yeah. might be just a building block yeah. to a bigger picture, yeah. but if you can build that mm. uh, brand presence and brand awareness, that will suit you know support you for the rest of your days. And and I, when I challenge people about how much are they investing in their brand, what are they doing with their brand, how you know if I went into the marketplace, how many customers would know your brand? Yeah. And if, if I'm not getting good answers from that for a business, I'll go, well, actually, why are we not valuing our brand yeah. and why are we not investing yeah. in it? Yeah. And and what are, what are some of the common things you hear people say? Well, they're not. Is it, is it just they don't believe in themselves? Or Yeah. Yeah. Also, also this idea of, you know, it, and again, some industries, well, Darren, we're going to try. We're going to give it a go oh, and yeah. see what happens, right? And, and as soon as you're thinking like that, well, you're actually taking away a lot of the reasons or all of the things you need to do to be successful. Yeah. So if oh, Darren, we're going to try this and see how it goes, yeah. well, that just means that you're not going to invest in your brand. Yeah, yeah. Because trying, generally, we'll say it'll be 90 days. <laughs> and I call it the 90-day nightmare. People get sick of me saying this, but look, the 90-day nightmare. Look, to grow a brand, you have to give consistency message, frequency of reach to create relevancy. Relevancy will make you more sales. The more relevant you are, yeah. the more sales you make, the more yeah. leads you'll get. Because you've had that consistency of message and that frequency of people that over time you become known. You, people know, like, and trust you. You know, and there's actually are ways you can manufacture that to speed that up. Yeah. But but most people say, oh, 90 days. You know, it's interesting. You know, they did one with um, uh, Mike Brunel, and they changed the way radio advertising was being sold. You know, from from that six week to thirteen weeks. Yeah. You know, that ninety days to a year long slots, and more businesses started being successful because they were giving it that year year out. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So. So yeah, try is an interesting word for me. I, I, I people aren't allowed to use it in, the, in my office. I say try and grab this pen. And then, <laughs> they always, <laughs> as soon as someone new starts, they hear and, and when anyone says the word try, the new person says try. <laughs> yeah, it's quite it's quite a funny. One. Love it. So okay, so you know, I, I'm I'm a business owner, right? And I'm looking at this, going, Jesus, recessions here. I'm like, oh, my people aren't performing that well. I'm I'm staying up late because it's just really really stressful, and I think I need to do something. Okay, 
what's if you had if you had five things that you would suggest the business owner would do what what is it they need to do right now number one get someone external yep to be a catalyst for change Nice. Right. Get somebody external from the business to create a momentum about a reason to change and then work with that person to give them the vision of where you want to go in that business for the future. Because as soon as you get that sorted, that that external person can can be a voice in the business to create the change. Yeah. And and look, a problem uh, shared. Is a problem hard. Yeah. My, my, my yeah. nana taught me that, and I really yeah. believe it. You know, like you having someone with you, working with you, is a is a big is a big thing, right? Because yeah. a lot of the times you just can't see the weeds. But but, but sometimes the environment actually needs someone to come in mm. and go. You know what? This is crap. Yeah. What you're doing here isn't as good as you could do it. Yes. You know that. Yes. And let's just start putting a plan in place yeah. to make this better. Yeah. Especially if you've got the desire to make it better. You know, if you're if you've drawn a line in the sand and you're <laughs> sick of it, sell it. You know, yeah. But, but, but if, you know, maybe you just have to decide. Actually, you know, oh, I'm going to take control here, control the controllables, and I'm going to get someone in. Okay, so number one, get someone external. Yeah. Uh, and catalyst the change. Yeah. Okay. Number two is yep. to get out get out of your business and then start looking at it from a customer perspective. So start looking at your business from what a customer would see. Yep. Then go and compare that to other industries that are similar or relatable. Because boy, that will give you a real insight. And mm. some, and a lot of the times when I get get owners to do this, they actually start to go, "I'm getting the passion back for my business again." Yeah, because what, if that was that, you reckon? Well, I think over the last four or five years, this is this is a big thing that I see. Mm. Over the last four or five years, I've seen a lot of businesses let the marketplace come to them. Yep. So the market has generated the business, right? So what we've been able to do is to sit in our businesses and let the volume of business come to us. Now what we've had is an outgoing tide, right? Yep. But we're not used to going back out to get it. No. So what we've got to do is we've got to get outside of our businesses and look at it from a customer perspective. How easy is it to yeah. transact with us? Yeah. And then also compare it to what other industries are doing, what technology are they using, how are they presenting their product or service, yeah. how are they engaging with their, their client base, and then start bringing those ideas in. Because once yeah. you start doing this as a leader or a business owner, you will start yeah. to create a new fire for yeah. where you want to be. Yeah. I remember earthquakes, right? Yeah. And uh, you can see, and this is, I find this really interesting with the building industry, right? So the building industry, especially in Christchurch here, they, they they were successful despite themselves. No idea how to market themselves when it comes to their business. Didn't need to, right? So when the tide's gone out, they're all going, oh, what do we do? You know, and anyone who was anyone, some guys were spending huge amounts of money advertising their businesses when the tide was going. You know, they were jetting. It was it was you know seventy grand on on ads and all that sort of stuff. It was really easy to get business. Now the market's changed, and and they go, oh, we don't know what to do. Totally. And there's so many of them that don't know what to do. And so I saw this. So I do a lot of work in the automotive industry as well. So and one of the things you had, and, and I do quite a, you know, a bit of work in the marine area as well. So over that COVID period, what did everyone yep. do when you couldn't fly off anywhere? You yep. went and either bought a car, bought a car or, or bought a boat. boat. Yeah, right. So all of a sudden, those industries were very much about just hoping yeah. with the volume. Yeah. Success despite themselves, right? And now they're all sitting there going, well, we've actually got some stock. Yeah. And where's the customer? Yeah, what do we do? 
Yeah, where right? have they gone? Where have they gone? Yeah. And then and then we start talking about, you know, where is your customer? You know, how often you're talking to them? How well do you know them? What is their need for your yeah. product? All yeah. of that sort of stuff. And then, well, they forgot the basics too. Hey, some of that money will set aside for advertising and marketing and branding because when it, when, it, when it goes quiet, we can take some market share. Totally. You know, we can actually then grow and use some of the money that we've got here to grow that mind share, yeah. which grows market share, yeah. and, and take, you know, shift it. Well, there's a lot of Maseratis bought during that period. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of Ferraris bought during that yeah. period. Yeah, But there weren't a lot of bank balances tucked away so yeah. that when the market did change, change yeah. we, had a, we had a reserve to be able to do that. So, That's yeah. Answer. Okay, number three. Number three, um, see, this is the part for me also is right now, you've got to have the team around you. You've mm. got to have the right team. Yep. Okay, so start looking at your internal team and start treating them as leaders. And what I do is often as I'll go into a into a business and I'll say, okay, who's your leadership team? Yeah. And sometimes it's only the owner and I'll go, great, let's get two or three other people from the business to join you in the room nice. and let's start talking about as a leader because we need some people to help move the, the business. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and if you've got people in your leadership team who aren't leading, who are your handbrake, then you need to get them out of the yep. room. Yep. So so it's an interesting one though, bringing, bringing internal team into leadership roles. What do you need to do to help them um become leaders because if they're, if they you might have identified them but how do you then let them know that it, it's okay for them to lead well the, the biggest part is that you have to have a group of people around you that help get your message out into the business okay and you have to actually take them so i i do quite a bit of work around emerging leaders so yep. you know having teams that are on their emerging leading uh journey of learning yeah and you know a lot of the work that i do with them some of those people when they first start out would struggle to lead themselves out of a wet paper bag yeah yeah but by the end of it they've yeah. got a structure that a framework that i you know yeah. so it's getting them in the room yeah. to start having the opportunity to develop their skills and actually be better at it a structure and a framework yeah so so it actually gets those leaders those emerging leaders yeah. to start having a voice in your business yeah. because if your voice is too loud or it's it's not engaging with them, then they're not gonna they're not gonna help you create the business yeah. that you want. That's some good. That's a really good takeaway. Like and and it's so, and I've seen this in a couple of uh, businesses that that uh, I know of. Uh, one of my mates is actually mentoring one of them at the moment, and you he is helping the business owner set up some of those emerging leaders because he's he's just seen that he's the only voice. You know, and he can't be the only voice. So I've got one at the moment where the business owner knows everything about the business from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. And whenever there's a problem, yeah, it's a problem. Can, can we talk to Bill? Where's Bill? Can, Bill, can yeah. you fix that? Bill, yeah, Bill? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So next minute, I've got 400 people in the business calling for Bill. Yeah. How's Bill feeling? Man, he must be pretty stressed. Right. And and then, then, then you go, well, actually, that's not a business. No. That's a really stressful job. No. Yeah. And if you looked at a business and if you had Bill on one side and, and you had, you know, say you made 500K in profit yeah. and you had John on the other side and you made 500K in profit, but John made that profit without him having to be there, but Bill has to be there. You know, Bill's looking for tax advantages and John's looking where he's, where he's got the leverage, right? You know, it's, it's amazing how it's the same profit, but totally different scales of who's got really, who's really wealthy. Um, I rest my case, Your Honor. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so we've got we've got a great, right team, internal leaders. Number four, uh, number four is I, I think probably the big one for me is you've got to build a culture of lifelong leaders. Yep, uh, lifelong learners. Yep. 
So we want a culture within the business that everybody is always learning. So just doing that from a leader's perspective and someone who's at the front of the ship, we actually want you to be encouraging everybody to do that development and learn. So what you were saying to your team, get online, go internationally, Mm. start finding out the ways other people are doing it. Um, So I've done this quite often, again, in real estate or or even um, financial services, we do this a bit, is go go and start looking at what other companies are doing Mm. around the globe and actually see how they're doing it differently with their customers. Because a lot of the the key learnings that you can take is actually already out there. you just got to go and have a look. Yeah, I remember... um, Mel Emery, I think it was 2006, I was in the Gold Coast, and he was talking about the the biggest changes for your business will be found outside your industry, you know, and and he gave some examples on stage, and one was of a pizza company and an engineering firm, and you're like, well, the hell would they even, but but he was right when he when he showed, you know, this engineering firm could learn a lot from the pizza company, and, and the pizza company had all these structures in place, uh, right from the marketing to when the pizza was delivered. And, and and it was really cool to like actually oh, cool. That's how the engineering firm could employ all that, you know. Um, and yeah, so I always remember him saying that. So it's interesting that you picked up on that as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So lifelong learners. I'm a massive believer in that. Look, you only have to look at my bookshelf. It's a quarter of what I've, what I've got. But also, you know, like I really believe invest in your people. Um, and some people say to me, oh, you know. I invest in the people, you know, what if they leave? And I was like, I'd rather them be here. Like, I'm really conscious of getting results for clients. I, I want my guys to be epic. Do you know what I say to them? Mm. Yeah, that's right. They might leave. But on the other side of the coin, if they don't, they might stay. Yeah. Yeah. So I might totally. end up with a group of people yeah. that aren't developing themselves, yeah. aren't having great new ideas, aren't being yeah. better at what they do. And mm. why would I want them in the business? Yeah. So we do we do uh, a bi-monthly presentation. Yeah. So, so. Um, you have to present for 10 minutes uh, on what you've been learning. Love and it. it's so good. So there's some massive, even when you first come into the business, so um, Jay's been here a month, uh, second weekend, you have to do a presentation on what you know. And the reason for that is because I want you to want to get used to talking to the team and step outside your comfort zone. Yeah. But also, we didn't know what he really knew. They totally. hired him. So then he does all. He does this presentation, and it was like, oh, my God. Wow, how cool was like, that? The, like the depth of what he knows was way beyond what we got to in the interview. And he was showing us some stuff and all the team started going, oh my God, you could help us with this and you could do this. And, and it was really cool. So I think, you know, even that kind of thing to do with your team is, is so good. Right? So think about it as a business owner, mm. going to your next uh, le- leadership meeting or your next board meeting and say to your, your people that are on that board, could you next time we come here, just do a 10 minute presentation on what the area of the business that you're influencing in a mm. positive way, yeah. not just doing the job or not doing the work, yeah. but how we're changing the business for better. Just yeah. give me a 10-minute yeah. outline of what you're doing. Yeah. Now, as soon as you do this, what happens is all of a sudden you've got a whole group of people that now have to think differently because mm. some of them get swallowed up by doing the doing, right? Yes. Paper from A to B, yes. trade to Z, and yeah. they get caught in that. But as soon as you actually ask them to tell me what you were changing or what you're yeah. moving in your business to make us better, it actually gets them to realise that as a leader, we've got to actually be able to innovate and make sure we change. Yeah. That's cool. Like, you know, like, and, and to, to switch that yeah. on, 
But like, it puts them on the spot, right? Because yeah. they know they're going to front up to their yeah. peers yeah, yeah. and to be able to do yeah. that. And that sort of builds in your self-accountability. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. doing those sort of things yeah. is just really simple ways for you to be able to go, actually, I'm positively moving my team yeah. by collectively creating yeah. accountability yeah. and everybody's learning out of it. And and I, what I love about it is you learn. Like you just, yourself, you learn. Yeah. You learn, you know, you learn different ways. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, that, that's very cool. Cool. Yeah. This is awesome. So number five. Number five is what's your exit strategy? Nice. Right? Because most business owners, I get this real sense sometimes that they get stuck in a business and they don't realize what the purpose of the business. So yep. actually getting an idea about what is your out or how you, will you get out uh, in the in the long term of your business? Because when you start to get clarity of that, because these businesses, if mm. it's a good business, will carry on way past your, yes. you being here, right? Yeah. So your job is actually to build a business that can be taken over or, yeah. or owned by somebody else. So as soon as you say that to a business owner, their, their um, framework or their, the way they see their business changes, but a lot of them have never really been serious mm. about what that looks like. Yeah. What do you think that is? Uh, because they get so wound up in actually doing the doing and building yeah. the business and being more successful. And what was my target last year? What's the next year going to look like? How much better do I have to be? Yeah. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. We still go, yeah, but actually remember this job is part of your life, not all your life. Yeah. And That's when you're heading point. to a point of retirement, yeah. what does your business need to look like yeah. to be actual, be valuable? Mm. Yeah, and what is valuable to you? You know, like well, what's valuable to you? But yeah. externally, remember, you yeah. got to it's going to be valuable to somebody Someone else to pay the yeah. bill, right? Yeah. What are they? You know, because it's Bill's buying Bill's business versus buying John's business, right? I'm buying John's all day long, totally. You know, because systems and processes it doesn't mean I have to be yeah. there. And I don't have to, to have a bill to run that business. I've got a leadership team that yeah. contribute to keep yeah. the business at the front yeah. end of the marketplace. Yeah. Where Bill goes out, money's gone. That's right. You know, yeah, it's an interesting conversation to have, and it's an interesting thing that. Uh, you know, it, it could pros it could possibly be number one. You know, true as well. You know, start with that end in mind. But yeah, but it's a, it's a it's a great. Um, but but the piece is a lot of times nowadays I see with business owners is because they're caught up in the in the the wet concrete and yeah. doing the doing. Yeah, the wet. Sometimes the cream, right? they are, but they're not yeah. thinking about that longer yeah. term. Hey, what am I doing this for? And we're probably all guilty of that at some stage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, so the interesting thing here is like if you look at all these five, right? Um, what I love, and I and I love it what you you know you kind of you. Kind of, you call yourself a tactical strategy, strategist, right? None of this is really tactics. This is strategy, right? Yeah. But very tactical. I, I like this. I like because a lot of people will tell me they'll just start rattling off tactics, and I'm a massive believer. You know, uh, get someone external. You know, uh, catalyst for change. Really help help get clarity on the reasons. Right. Yeah. That's that's full strategy. You know, getting getting out of your comfort zone and comparing yourself to other industries and talking to your clients. That's strategy. You know, it's that it's it really is that 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 piece that you know you need to go and do. You know, yeah. um, you know the right team, the internal building leaders strategy once again. You know, uh, number four, the culture, the life learning, that strategy, and then knowing knowing what your extra strategy is. That's once again strategy, and I think that's really important. Uh, is that something that you see businesses? If if a business, can you tell when a business is being too tactical versus being too uh, not strategic enough? Like, is that something that you can see straight away? Yeah, absolutely. But I, but I do but I do say a lot of the tactics in terms of you know what we need to be doing or where we need to be going a lot of times isn't really that clearly defined. No. So the strategy off the back of that doesn't get that really clear, clear. to where we need to go. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. So, so what I do is just get people to start thinking. And the reason why I call myself a tactical strategist is because yeah, I can come and do a training session and everyone at the end of it will go, Darren, that was amazing. You're a great yeah. speaker. It was really entertaining. Yeah. I got lots out of it. And then I go, well, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Because yeah. it's really important yeah. to, uh, to yeah. get that external support. Yeah. But actually what I want to be able to provide my clients, and this is what I say mm. to, what's the point of getting me to speak at your event or what's the point of getting me to come and work with your company if you haven't got some clarity of yeah. the outcomes that you yeah. want to achieve. So yeah. I'll bring the some of the, well, I'll bring the content yeah. and the energy and the engagement, but also yeah. want to bring the accountability. That's awesome. So when they get you like speaking, we haven't even really talked about that yet, but this has been a fantastic chat. What got you into the speaking business? Was it like did it light a fuse that time you first spoke? Or is that something that you really because you've now turned that into a business, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So the best part for me is like um you know, when I was a young kid and I would be playing tennis, I'd look at the coaches that I had at the mm. time and I was like, I want to be one of them, yeah, you know, yeah. and I worked myself to be one of those. Um, I got into financial services, saw Mike and then saw the leaders of the industry and I want to be down that yeah, path. Yeah. So when I got into, you know, going to some conferences and I saw some speakers that were on stage, like I was like, man, that is something that I believe that I, I've got a real passion for, but I think I can do it. And, you know, I'm passionate about my speaking. I enjoy you know, and getting in front of a crowd and going, actually, have you thought about this and getting yeah. those aha moments? Yeah. But but the best part for me was it's actually part of the journey. So I can say, hey, I'll introduce the content or introduce the topic yeah. and why, then start to help with systems to make it applicable yeah. in the business nice. and then bring a level of accountability to say, actually, are we doing this? Yes. So you call it kind of that whole loop, right? Well, well yeah. see, I've sat where business owners sat so many times. You know, they look at external consultants or people come in and go, and I'd say, well, yep, that's great. We really need that content. How much is it going to cost us? And uh, are we actually going to do it? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I realised that if actually I bring good content, I actually help build systems that actually get the stuff to happen, but then bring a level of accountability that's not sucking up to the sales manager or not sucking up to the boss that's actually real and we yeah. can see it, yeah. then there's a massive amount of value yeah. to businesses. And, and um, you know, and, and I go, that's where I, you know, people say to me, how do you get these changes, these massive changes to happen in these businesses? Mm -hmm. It's because of that step yeah. process. Yeah. That there is a sense of accountability at the end and if you're the owner or the sales manager or a salesperson i'm yeah. still going to have that honest conversation with you yeah. to say we thought you were going to be here and you're not yeah so let's what are we going to do to fix yeah, it? yeah that's cool and it's very very cool because yeah a lot of times you can just have a speaker come up and that's it oh know? well it was really good Everyone, i got lots of notes yeah yeah and then those notes either go on the yeah. top right hand shelf yeah. or in your bottom yeah. right drawer yeah we all know we've all, we're all, all put our notes in somewhere, well, somewhere. i had, a, I had a, a good mate of mine um and one of the things he'd been to you know, like in financial services you go to a couple of conferences a year and over you know 10 or 15 years he built this massive big pile of yeah. conference notes yeah he actually just sat down and went from page to page to page and highlighted every great idea that he'd written down oh, wow. Gave it to them to his PA. Yep. She typed it up into a list. And really? guess what he started to do? Do the list. Just do the list. Okay, good. How's it going? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so amazing. But the, but that's the piece where we all go. It's actually, mm. yep, it's really important to get good content because yep. we need it and, and up-to-date yep. content. But actually have some support to have someone go, actually, let's get these systems in place so yep. we're doing it. Mm. And then to go, actually, let's build some accountability and so yep. we feel that this business is going to actually be where we want yeah, it to be. because we want to be moving it forward, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, man, this has been an awesome chat. And I know, like, we could probably talk, keep talking for hours, but I think, you know, this is probably a, a good place to leave. Is there anything, like, last you'd like to leave the audience? Anything you'd like to? 
I just I just go, hey, our environment that we've been in over the last five years is is probably been the fastest education learning tank we've we've yeah. ever been in as a society and also as a business community. And I just feel like now what we've got to do is take all those learnings and actually really start to cut a new plan to where we need to go to. Yeah. And don't get suckered by this acceptance of where we've you know, where we've been or what we've been through is acceptable. So we yeah. we need to be a bit more aspirational about where we can go. Yeah. And I think as soon as we bring that aspiration and, and look at the options of where we can go, yeah. I think our business environment is going to really take a big step forward. Yeah, yeah. and that and that comes, I guess, you know, first first thing is you've got to get someone external to help you. So I don't know if, uh, how many people you can you take on, but where if someone wants, hey, they're listening to this and this is, Fantastic, Darren. I want to get a hold of you. Where where does someone go to get a hold of you? Best place, just go to my website, which is www.darrenpratley.com. Just go there, fill in an inquiry, or send me an, an email, darren at darrenpratley.com. Um, more than happy to, to to have an initial chat. And this is the yeah. piece that I say to people all the time is, look, I, I'd love to have a chat just to be able to talk about where you're at, what you want to do, and what you want to achieve, if I'm a really good fit for that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm very interested in having conversations with businesses that want some support and and uh, and certainly take us on a new journey. That's awesome. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy busy person. Um, we'll link to your uh, website in the show notes here awesome. as well. And it's been fantastic having this conversation. Uh, I've learned a lot. You know, uh, takeaway for me is that you know I guess that whole three step process that you've actually created. Um, but I can really see from a strategic level. Um, you know, how you get results for your people, which is really, really awesome. Uh, so thank you for your time. It's been, yeah. been awesome. Guys and girls, if you've uh, loved today's episode, please uh, share us a review on um, on all the places where the podcast is. I really, I really do appreciate it. It's been great to um, get the feedback from uh, LinkedIn. We've been getting some great messages on LinkedIn. Uh, we're at actually putting the podcast into a book that's being created as, as we speak. We've got, I think, 42 episodes that we've put um, into the book now, so that'll be coming out soon. So really looking forward to doing that and, and creating something different with, with the podcast. But appreciate your time. Um, as always, have fun, take action, and we'll talk to you really, really soon. See you soon. Hi, Scholson here again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Marketing for Business podcast. Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time to listen and we hope that you learned a lot from today's episode. Uh, If you could be so kind as to rate and share the podcast with your other business friends and colleagues, that'd be awesome. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, why don't you head over to our website, www.getdigitalinfluence.com where we've got a whole bunch of other amazing interviews with business owners. Thanks for your time and have a great day.